Support for today's show is brought to you by Skydance Mountain, offering creative services for creatives. Need an inspiring website, graphic design, professional podcast, audio production, or other creative content? Go to www.skydancemountain.com for all your creative needs. Welcome to Mountain Zen Den, the place to connect with nature for mindfulness and personal growth in your life, naturally. Good to have you here. Come on in. Well, today's forecast calls for cloudy and delicious. This morning we woke up to those fluffy, low-hanging winter clouds that could bring a mixture of rain or snow, perfect for cozying up with a good book by the fireplace, or if you're feeling adventurous, bundling up and experiencing real weather firsthand, up close and personal. Hey, this is Brett, your companion and fellow traveler on your journey to being a more mindful person in nature. And first off, I just want to say again how much I appreciate you being here. And I tell you, in the long run, your body, mind, and soul are going to thank you too, because slowing down just a little bit every day is like vitamin N. Nature is so good for us. And so is just taking the time to have a little bit of stillness in your life as well and slow down to sharpen your saw. So way to make a great choice. You know, if you dress appropriately and go out with the mindset that you want to immerse yourself in all that nature has to offer, it's really quite exciting being out in the middle of it all, whether it's sunny, cloudy, windy, rainy, snowy, you know, the full experience. If the winter weather is really extreme, you can always come back inside to a hot bath and soup afterwards, curled up in your favorite chair and reading your favorite book. This is the life, the one where you become fully present to the gift of each moment in a state of mindfulness. Nature's so good at bringing us back to the present and keeping us in the moment because she offers so much goodness to observe and experience and enjoy. To a lot of folks, the winter can seem like a really dead time where everything is cold and lies dormant and nature's asleep. And while that's partially true, there's so much life and activity going on unseen to the untrained eye. Just this morning as I was running an errand here in town, I just did an intentional what I like to call a nature count. It's sort of like a treasure hunt where you're being observant and actually counting all the signs of wildlife you can see. And I kind of lost track of the the count, but now that it's January here in Northern Colorado and relatively still, just around the corner from my house, I observed a Cooper's hawk dining on something with whitish feathers, most likely a morning dove, and a very comical squirrel who couldn't make up his mind which side of the street he wanted to be on, dashing back and forth, finally ended up in the low branches of a tree. There was a wandering gaggle of Canada geese and several LBBs flitting in the branches on either side of the road. LBB is a term used by birders meaning little brown birds because we can't identify it for whatever reason. Alright, so no elk or bear or mountain lion, anything exciting like that, but my point is, I wasn't out birding or on a hike or a backpacking trip. Trimp? <laughs> trip. I was simply going about my business. Fortunately, due to the gift of presence and awareness, I enjoyed all the signs of life happening around me, even in the dead of winter. And you can too. All it takes is intention and a bit of good timing for you to see the little miracles taking place all around you, no matter what time of year it is. Henry David Thoreau was a master at this, which is why his book Walden is a beloved classic for all lovers of nature and simplicity down through the ages. I decided that for the next stretch, Wednesdays will be known as Walden Wednesdays here at Mountains End End because we're going to share some of Thoreau's wisdom and cover the ideas of simplicity in living with the natural world. 
The other day we read from the chapter called Winter Animals, and we're going to pick up where we left off there today. So grab something warm to drink and hold, tea or coffee or hot drink of your choice, as we mindfully revisit Walden in the Winter. From the chapter Winter Animals. In the course of the winter, I threw out half a bushel of ears of sweet corn, which had not got ripe, onto the snow crust by my door, and was amused by watching the motions of the various animals which were baited by it. In the twilight and the night, the rabbits came regularly and made a hearty meal. All day long the red squirrels came and went, and afforded me much entertainment by their maneuvers. One would approach at first warily through the shrub oaks, running over the snow crust by fits and starts, like a leaf blown by the wind, now a few paces this way, with the wonderful speed and waste of energy, making inconceivable haste with his trotters, as if it were a wager, and now as many paces that way, but never getting on more than a half a rod at a time, and then suddenly pausing with a ludicrous expression and a gratuitous somerset, as if all the eyes of the universe were eyed on him. For all the motions of a squirrel, even in the most solitary recesses of the forest, imply spectators as much as those of a dancing girl, wasting more time in delay and circumspection than would have suffered to walk the whole distance. I never saw one walk, and then suddenly, before you could say Jack Robinson, he would be in the top of a young pitch pine, winding up his clock and chiding all imaginary spectators, soliloquizing and talking to all the universe at the same time, for no reason that I could ever detect, or he himself was aware of, I suspect. At length, he would reach the corn, and selecting a suitable ear, frisk about in the same uncertain trigonometrical way to the top stick of my woodpile, before my window where he looked me in the face, and there sit for hours, supplying himself with a new ear from time to time, nibbling it first voraciously and throwing the half-naked cobs about, till at length he grew more dainty still and played with his food, tasting only the inside of the kernel. And the ear, which was held balanced over the stick by one paw, slipped off from his careless grasp and fell to the ground, when he would look over at it with a ludicrous expression of uncertainty, as if suspecting that it had life, with a mind not made up whether to get it again, or a new one, or to be off. Now thinking of corn, then listening to hear what was in the wind. So the little impudent fellow would waste many an ear in a forenoon, till at last, seizing some longer and plumper one, considerably bigger than himself, and skillfully balancing it, he would set out with it to the woods, like a tiger with a buffalo, by the same zigzag course and frequent pauses, scratching along with it, as if it were too heavy for him and falling all the while, making its fall a diagonal between a perpendicular and a horizontal, being determined to put it through at any rate, a singular frivolous and whimsical fellow, and so he would get off with it to where he lived, perhaps carry it to the top of a pine tree forty or fifty rods distant, and I would afterwards find the cobs strewn about the woods in various directions. At length the jays arrive, whose discordant screams were heard long before, as they were warily making their approach an eighth of a mile off, and in a stealthy and sneaking manner they flit from tree to tree, nearer and nearer, and pick up the kernels which the squirrels have dropped. Then, sitting on a pitch-pine bough, they attempt to swallow in their haste a kernel which is too big for their throats, and chokes them and after great labor they disgorge it, and spend an hour in an endeavor to crack it by repeated blows with their bills. They were manifestly thieves, and I had not much respect for them, but the squirrels, though first shy, went to work as if they were taking what was their own. 
Meanwhile, also came the chickadees in flocks, which, picking up the crumbs the squirrels had dropped, flew to the nearest twig and placing them under their claws, hammered away at them with their little bills, as if it were an insect in the bark, till they were sufficiently reduced for their slender throats. A little flock of these titmice came daily to pick a dinner out of my woodpile, or the crumbs at my door with faint flitting, lisping notes, like the tinkling of icicles in the grass, or else with sprightly day, 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 or more rarely, in spring-like days, a wiry, summery Phoebe from the woodside. They were so familiar that at length one alighted on an armful of wood which I was carrying in, and pecked at the sticks without fear. I once had a sparrow alight on my shoulder for a moment while I was hoeing in a village garden, and I felt that I was more distinguished by that circumstance than I should have been by an epaulette I could have worn. The squirrels also grew at last to be quite familiar, and occasionally stepped on my shoe, when that was the nearest way. Let that just soak in for a few moments. So let's let Thoreau's words of Walden just kind of soak in as we go about our day and promise yourself to be present enough to notice all the goodness of life that is taking place all around you. So here's our quote for the day and it's by Pema Children and she says, Rejoicing in ordinary things is not sentimental or trite. It actually takes guts. Well then, I bid you to have the guts it takes to enjoy the extraordinary things the universe has put in your life today in ordinary ways. Thanks again for sharing a few moments of extraordinariness with me today. If you like what you heard, be sure to share us with anyone you know who you think could use a little more nature and mindfulness in their lives as well. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes and to our email list at mountainsenden.com. Love to see you there. Remember, life is a gift, nature's a gift, and you are a gift back to the world. We'll see you here tomorrow. Tomorrow.